Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally, including iHeart and iTunes. I'm your host, Yvonne E.L. Silva, and I'm joined today by a really interesting guest who I will formally introduce in just a moment, Linda Sunshine West. Hello, Linda. Hi, Yvonne. Good to be here today. Interesting is a great word. Thank you. <laughs> interesting. It is definitely interesting. So my guest today is somebody that fits in the criteria that I use for the show, which is interesting women, women who've typically risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world doing really interesting work. Many of my guests are clients, friends, colleagues, and also those who have a powerful mission or a social enterprise mission. I love speaking with women who are helping others expand and step into the limelight. And Linda is certainly one of those people. Now, if you haven't listened to the show before, why do I do this? Well, by trade, I am a coach and mentor for women entrepreneurs, those who are seeking to flourish and to expand their business. A lot of times they're either scaling up and adding to their team, or they are coming because it's not quite working the way they thought it was going to work and they need some help with clarifying their message. So Women and Wisdom Media that I am the CEO of is about just that, helping women step up from being a solopreneur to a CEO. Now, Linda's done this herself. So a little bit about her background. She is now the founder and CEO of Action Takers Publishing. She's a speaker as well as I am. She's a a 22, is this right? 22 times number one best-selling international Um, an award-winning author. That's going to be an interesting part of the story. She's a contributing writer at Entrepreneur Magazine and Brains Magazine. If you've ever attracted, uh, sorry, ever, um, um, ever decided to read Brains. So interesting articles in Brains Magazine. Um, She's also uh, the executive film producer of the movie Wishman. Want to hear more about that? And a red carpet interviewer. And I just finished watching a recent interview with her with um, the Mexican president. So I know that one was for a few years ago. Really interesting, though, how he is expanding the library programs and their leadership through their country. So great, uh, great interview, Linda. Thank you. I want to talk with Linda in particular because she has a very intriguing story that started, and I mentioned this in the um, promo for this show, she ran away from home at five years old. And that in itself started her down a very intriguing path. So maybe we start there, Linda. Tell me about the story. Why did you run away? And what happened? What did you learn from it? Oh, yeah. Uh, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. You know, any opportunity that I can show up as interesting is a great thing. Because uh, I used to say things like weird, crazy, but then I realized that using the word interesting, it just opens up this imagination. We don't like we're not pinpointing it. So I love that word. Uh, so it, yeah, two years, uh, five years old, I decided to run away. And the reason I ran away is I was in a very volatile, abusive, alcoholic household. Mm-hmm. I was the fourth of five children. And, um, you know, my voice was not seen or heard. And my mom used to sit me in the corner to shut me up and give me cookies all day long. They actually called me Buddha. This was my nickname back then when I was a baby, because I was so 
chunky. I wasn't say fat, but I was just chunky as a baby. And um, so five years old, for some reason, I just got fed up and I said, I'm not, I'm not living in this house. This is not, I, I knew, this is the one thing I like to stress that at five years old, I knew that wasn't a good environment. And I'd like to stress that because all you parents out there who have kids just realize that your kids know what's going on. With that said, I I just went to the neighbor's house. So I was safe. I was in a very safe environment. I loved my neighbors. That's why I went there. It was a very calm environment. It was a great place to be. It was fun. And that's why this five-year-old decided to go there. But what happened while I was gone during that week was something that I didn't know at the time until much, much later that what happened would actually control the rest of my life from that point forward. Mm-hmm. That brave, strong little girl who ran away, nobody came to get her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So as I'm at that house, enjoying myself, because I was having a good time, nobody came to get me. So when my mom brought me home, my mom did know where I was, but I didn't know. She knew where I was. And this is why it's an important piece here is because my five-year-old brain translated all of that into they didn't come to get me because they don't love me and they don't want me around. Mm. So those were my beliefs that were instilled at age five, that they didn't love me. They didn't want me around. And that's how I lived my life with that idea that they didn't, you know, they didn't want me around. And so the next 46 years, I spent my life believing that. And I ended up becoming riddled with fears And I became a people pleaser because I always wanted to please my mom. I wanted to please my dad. I wanted to please my siblings. I wanted to please everybody because they didn't want me around, you know? And and so I ended up becoming a people pleaser. That's part of my story that we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but, but really the thing is that I ran away to get away from a situation, but that's not exactly what happened. I ended up creating a deeper, darker situation because when I came home riddled with fears. Yeah. Wow. It's funny how, you know, very often kids uh, that are going, um, their parents are going through some sort of upset at home, divorce, you know, very often we think, well, we've got to stay with the partner because of the kids, right? And the kids know, right? They're not stupid. I mean, they feel it. They feel the irritation. They feel the negative energy in the air. And myself personally, even though my child was or our child was special needs and wasn't processing information in the same way. Mm-hmm. At age six, I decided that um, my partner and I, my husband at the time, um, we were just not on the same page when it came to parenting. And we kind of got thrown in at the deep end because I started um, the family late in life and uh, was a, you know considered to be a, a danger pregnancy because I was so old. I mean, I was mm-hmm. five, you know, it's not exactly old, um, but he could tell he's very sensitive to energy. He knew something yeah. was going on. And even though it was at the time very hard on everybody, that split, um, I know that it's helped him to be more in tune with what actually works for him. And I know it worked, um, you know, it worked miracles in terms of how I felt about myself as well. And um, yeah, it's powerful when you can make that choice and know that it is the right thing. It really is. And, you know, fortunately, I, well, unfortunately, I repeated my, my mom's pattern. I married somebody just like my dad. That's what and we know, right? I, I know it's what I, what I heard, this is a saying I heard, 
uh, like for women, you know, we marry somebody just like our dad the first time. And then the second time we marry someone just like our mom, you know, to like overcompensate. But um, in doing that, uh, one thing I did, I was aware of is that I hated that environment. I hated living there. I hated everything about that household because of the, just the, I was just filled with such um, anger and, and hate and all these negative things. And I knew that wasn't a good thing. And so uh, after I was, I was with my first husband for two years, had two kids. And when my daughter was four weeks old and my son was 14 months old, I packed my bag, literally a bag. It was a diaper bag, my purse, one kid on my hip and the other kid in a, in a baby carrying case. And I literally walked out. I didn't have a car. That's why that's all I took. Mm. I took my essentials. Like, you know, when, when the, when the house is on fire, what do you take? Well, that was what I took a diaper bag, a purse and two kids. And, and I did, because I realized I was repeating my mom's pattern. And even though I didn't know anything about patterns and I I didn't know anything about psychology, but I knew that I didn't want my kids to grow up in an environment that I grew up in. Mm. And so I made that conscious decision to not have them grow up in that. And it was hard. I was by myself, a single mother trying to make it, but I knew two things. I could either stay with him and be fearful, or I could leave and be fearful. But I kind of thought that if I leave, the fear would last less time than staying with him because the staying with him was going, who knows, who knew where that, where that would lead. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. But it was, I was, and I used to say, I'll share this last thing is I used to say, I would rather be alone and lonely than with somebody who makes me miserable. Cause that's okay. what it say was. That, say that again for the listeners who didn't quite catch it. Cause that's a wisdom nugget right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would rather be alone and lonely because people are like, you know, oh, I'm going to be so lonely, but I would rather be alone and lonely than with somebody who makes me miserable. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting that, you know, that point of change, now that we do know more about psychology, both of us throughout different, you know, deep dives and trainings, yeah. and, you know, years of personal growth and development. Um, you know, we both share a love for, you know, Jack Canfield and his team, and uh, some of the world's greatest transformational leaders. I know that, you know, many of them as well, Les Brown, mm-hmm. etc. Um, it really, you know, it's, it's sad that we have to reach that point of something being so painful that the fear of moving forwards becomes less than the fear of staying put. But sometimes that's, you know, what it takes to break that, you know, that amygdala thinking, that, um, that, that um, mindset that, you know, we really do need to actually step into change. And once yeah. we take action, that's when doors open, isn't it? It sure is. And I, I like to say that, you know, all you need to do is decide, but that's not really all because you have decided, then you got to take action. You do you have, have to, take, to action. take action. That's why your, your company is called Action Takers <laughs> Publishing now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, actually it's called Action Takers Publishing because I was not, I mean, even though I left my husband, I, I, I took a lot of actions in my life. The vast majority of the actions that I took the first 51 years of my life were based on fear running from something, not to, Mm -hmm. yeah, just like five years old, I ran away. Right. And, and it's, I was, I was really running to and trying to find something better, but how I saw my life at that time was that I was running away from things. Right. I was trying to get away. And so what's different now is that I now take action. That is it's thought out. It's um, inspired action. It's motivated action. And it's, it's like, I'm looking forward and saying, where do I want to go? Yes. Instead of what do I want to run away from? 
where do I want to go? And what action do I need to take to make that happen? And then I have to decide, and then I have to actually take the action. And so Action Takers Publishing was because I felt like, what I felt like was that I was not an action taker and I wanted to be surrounded by action takers. So I thought if I name my company Action Takers Publishing, I will attract action takers. Exactly. That's exactly what's happened. I mean, it's been incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to hear more a little bit later on about uh, the publishing and what you do to attract authors for their own books as well as anthology contributions because that's mm-hmm. powerful um, I don't know that many people that have had that many books um, international best-selling or award-winning books so we'll dive into that in a little bit I'm curious about the journey from once you left with your kids what happened after that and how did that also contribute to your own personal self-awareness and growth and um, your ability to make difficult choices and be so resilient. Oh yeah. You know, uh, resilience is an interesting topic really, because we're, we're all resilient. We're all resilient, but it's, it's how we come back. Right. I think that makes, that sets us all apart because, you know, as you're living every single day, there's, there might be different challenges that come up that you work through. And maybe they're small and maybe they're large, but no matter what, there is a resiliency to all of us, every single one of us, mm-hmm. but what are we doing with it? And, and, and so after I left him, I, you know, I literally again, walked out and it was one of the greatest moments of my life was the, the day that I made that decision. And then I took that action to actually leave. I was standing up for myself for the first time. I was 21 years old with the two little babies. Right. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Fortunately, my parents lived close by. So even though that was a household I didn't like and I hated, I still went back there and I had their support, you know, to help me out as a single mother. I was trying to make my way literally at that time. And it's probably still like this today. At that time, a single parent's um, income that I had, the vast majority of my money went to childcare. Yeah. So yeah. So all like all your money goes to childcare and then you go to work to what, to have childcare. So yeah. it was, it was really like, I just felt like I was in this hole and it just kept on being dug deeper and deeper. Right. My ex-husband charged our credit cards up like so much. I used to work at a bank and I remember the day that my boss came to me and he said, Linda, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I got to take away your credit card. And I didn't even know we were over, like we were wait, we were like three times over our limit. He just oh. went and just spent money. This was back in the days when you could actually charge a credit card and right. they would take two or three days to process it because yeah. everything was analog back, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so it, it took a while for all of that, his charges to get caught up. And, and so my point there is that I was saddled with all of these, this money challenges. I mean, I could have stayed. But why would I stay in a situation like that when he was just bringing me down more than I already was? I was already down at the bottom of the pit growing up in that environment. Yeah. And he was just keeping me there. Yeah. So, so left there and um, moved in with my parents for a couple of years to get my feet, you know, my, my grounding. And uh, I w- again, I was working for a bank at that time. And I started working my way up the ladder. Now, here's the thing about that. That was interesting. The word interesting is every single day for two years when I was with my ex-husband, every single day, he said the same things to me. And that was, you are so stupid. You're so ignorant. 
people are only nice to you because they feel sorry for you. And that was, that's his yelling voice, by the way. He was actually like yelling it into yeah. my head to the point that I believed him. Mm-hmm. So as I'm making my way up and I became a supervisor at a bank, you know, I had 20 employees under me. I'm 21 years old and I'm making my way up this ladder in the back of my head. I'm stupid. I'm ignorant. And they're only nice to me because they feel sorry for me. That was, again, another belief of somebody that I adopted to be my own. Yeah. And this is a powerful thing because we can adopt other people's beliefs and oftentimes We'll adopt their negative beliefs, but what if we can turn that around? And we'll talk about that later, how I started adopting people's positive beliefs about me. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today and who I am today, completely different person. Right. So at age, when I was 25, I, um, I ended up reading a book. I forgot about this. I read this book and it was called How to Be Married One Year from Today. Because here I am with these two little kids. They're three and a half and four and a half years old how to be married one year from today. Somehow I saw it. It must've been in a bookstore or something because there was no online books at that time. And I picked it up and I, and I read it. There was one exercise. Like I read that whole book and I only remember one thing, but that thing was something and you'll totally recognize this Yvonne in the book. It said, make a list of the 10 things about a person that you want in your life and don't settle for anything less. So what you do is you make a list of 10 things that you want about, about that person. And then you carry that list around. And as you meet people, you go through your list. And you're like, nope, they only, they only match nine of them. That's not enough. It has to be 10. And I carry that list around with me for about six months, only six months. And I looked at it every single day and I ended up attracting that exact person into my life. And that was 34 years ago. We're still together now. Excellent. I um I do I do recognize that and I have a yeah. I have a story to share too. Um so I was um talking earlier on about my six year old uh, special needs son when we when we split. So I was by myself for a couple of years and I remember sitting one Christmas I was thinking, you know, my like my family, my sister is in England at that point in time. I didn't um uh, have the um I didn't have the make I didn't make the choice, put it like that to go back to England and take my son with me for Christmas. So, you know, Christmas is very much a family time. And I was thinking, you know what? I really liked being married. I liked being in a committed relationship and I don't want to be single anymore. And I did um, at the time have a favorite book that I was working with my coaching clients with. And um, at that time I was doing more HR consulting than coaching, excuse me, um, around attraction and retention. I mean, I've got, 20 years of senior HR work um, in my background, um, interviewing and hiring about 6,000 people. So this whole topic of attraction retention strategies was my, was my focus. Um, and at that time, one of my favorite books was one called Attracting the Perfect Customer, The Power of Strategic Synchronicity, Stacey Hall and Jan Groshnev. And that was a book that I really liked and I was using it for attracting clients, my ideal clients, working really well, working with my clients as well. And it's it's got four questions in there. And again, there's a list involved, right? <laughs> you know, writing right. it down, it's so powerful uh, for self-commitment. So the four questions in there are all around, you know, who are your ideal clients? Like what are the qualities of your ideal client? Um, what makes them tick? 
Why do they get out of bed in the morning? Um, the third question is about, you know, what do they expect of you? And the fourth one is, what do you need to shift or maybe change in order to attract more of those ideal clients? And mm -hmm. so I was working with that concept. And then I had this aha moment one day. And I thought, what if I changed the word perfect customer to perfect guy and did the same process? I wonder if it'll work. So I wrote my long, long list. It was quite long down. And Put it, um, put it to one side, and then I started doing some online dating. I mean, it was just starting to become popular then. I wasn't dating my clients. I wasn't, uh, you know, going to a lot of school activities as regular kids would be in sports and teams and all these things. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't um, that wasn't my world with with my son. So, two weeks later, my husband, my now husband, shows up. <clears throat> except that I had put six foot two and blonde and he's five foot ten and a half and brown eyes and 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 dark hair and three teenage kids in tow that wasn't on my list <laughs> so I didn't instantly recognize it took a few weeks to recognize oh actually you know what this is the um this is an interesting person um and because I didn't make that instant connection I kind of forgot about the list now, in your case, you're looking at it every day. In my case, I forgot about it, tucked it in the back of the book. And it was only about two years later when I shared that book with a friend of mine that my list fell out of the bag. And of course, by that time, we've already been dating for a year and then we got to, to move in together and then we got married. And um, at that time, I could now look down the list and check off pretty much. Oh, you know what? He does have... All of the, and he had every single one of the things. Plus, there was a whole bunch of extra things like, you know, likes to buy me flowers on Friday or makes me breakfast on the weekends or, you know, does a, you know, an un, unrequested back rub. And, you know, those kind of things that is sort of the magic that the universe adds just for fun. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, we've been together for 18 years now. Um, so the the whole concept of, clarity you know I say this to my clients as well is you know get really crystal clear on what it is that you want in your life and then what is it that in particular if you're an entrepreneur because most of my clients are female entrepreneurs what is it exactly that you're wanting to provide in the way of a solution like what is it you cannot not do because it's so natural for you. You're so skilled at it naturally. It's not effortful. So you're not actually going out later on talking about your program or product and or, or service and, and having to sell it. You just are embodying it because that's who you are and what you do. And you're really good at it. And that's where you will secure you know, much better, <laughs> much better and higher fees for the work that you love to do. So you yeah. know, a question to sort of throw out one of my friends um, uh, on Vancouver Island, Linda Mers, um, first shared that that sentence with me. What is it you cannot not do? And I thought, well, you know, I cannot not help women. Like if I hear a woman has is, is struggling with something, I cannot just sit there silently and not offer something. But what I like to do is that original concept of, you know, don't give a give in this case, it's a man, right? That's quote, um, you know, Lao Tzu, um, don't give a man a fish, um, but teach him how to fish. And he, he won't just, you know, feed for a day, he'll feed for life. So mm -hmm. 
I always used to ask people questions to help them self-discover their own answers. And that was way before um, I, I got certified as an executive coach many years later. So I was doing it naturally anyway, and I love it. And it's just like these interviews. I mean, having interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career, I love exploring possibilities, which is one of the reasons why I love showcasing incredible women on the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. So every couple of weeks, I get connected with some amazing people. And the stories that are in the radio show on bbsradio.com slash Words, Women and Wisdom in the show Uh, There is an archive section, and it also has some of the beautiful stories of people like uh, Natalie Ledwell with Mind Movies, Teresa de Grobar, best-selling author of Mass Influence. There's Brisa Alfaro, who was a stroke victim. She literally could not move any of her arms and legs. The only thing she could move was her eyes. And listening to some of Lisa Nichols' work and... um, John Demartini's work, she actually started putting focus on her little pinky finger and focusing all of her energy on her pinky until she could actually move it just a tiny bit. And that concept then, she managed to spread it throughout her whole body. Now she's out running marathons. I mean, it was a truly magnificent story. And this is part of the, the gift that I share is Helping other women realize if you are in a dark place right now, just as Linda shared, you can make a choice. And as soon as you make that choice, you might not know what exactly the next action is, but you know what you don't want. Right. And I wrote about this. Oh, that side. I just moved house. <laughs> I, I wrote about that in my um, my best selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. It's a concept that I learned from Michael Lozier, had had coffee with him a while ago, a law of attraction author, and he gave me permission to put the concept of clarity through contrast in my book. So if you're not familiar with that concept, um, I mean, certainly pick up a copy of the book, it's in there. But it's, um, if you imagine a capital T, putting a capital T down on a page, you put above the line what it is that you're challenged with, and then on the on the left side of the line, you start writing down all the things you don't like. Because very often we don't know what we do want yet, but we sure as heck know what we don't want, right? As you said, you're running from something. You don't like something. So what are the things you don't want? And then simply flip it and make the opposite of that. Well, I don't like um, having an abusive husband. Well, what do you want? Well, I want to be treated with respect and kindness. So we start listing the opposites And it just makes the whole process a little bit easier to start to see where is that first step that I need to take, that I'm willing to take, that that I must take in order to make change happen. And all we need is the first step. And as Oprah says, the rest of the path will appear because once you're in action, the universe says, yes, I'm willing to support you because you've taken that first step. You are ready for something better. Yeah. Yeah. And what's amazing about that is that taking that first step, uh, taking the first step can be very scary. And a lot of times what happens is um, things do start to unfold and they start to uh, be sent to you, you know, out of the blue. And that again can be scary because this is new for you. And I know when that first started happening to me, you know, years ago that I would retract back to where I started because it was too scary to have all these good things happen. I wasn't used to good things being sent my way. 
And I would just like deflect them. And then I would, you know, sink back into where I was previously. But what I recognize now, especially, especially now, it's been amazing what's been happening is once I decided on, like I landed on the book publishing, that this is the thing, this is my thing. And I started focusing, just like focusing on that pinky finger. I started focusing on the book publishing. So things started coming to me, these amazing positive opportunities. And it's been incredible. But because I've done a lot of inner work, it took me seven years to get to this point of really, really working on myself. But now I welcome all of that because I know that it's that there's a huge picture here that I don't even know what it is. And I just need to keep taking that one single step, that one single step and trust that everything's going to work out. And it's been it's been incredible just going from that mindset of of a person who would retract within myself. And I would sabotage myself, self-sabotage. Like I'm an expert at that, you know, and then uh, for going from that to this person who says, okay, keep bringing it because I can handle this. And not only can I handle it, but I'm going to handle it with flying colors because I, I trust and I have faith that what I'm doing is the right thing. And I'm attracting to me in my life, the right people who can support me on the journey because that's what's happening. And, and I'm, again, it's I, just opening up to that has been just astronomical in my mm. growth. And it's mm. been, it's been amazing, Yvonne. So since I made that decision to do the book publishing as my sole focus, it's done a lot of things. One thing is I've moved out of that people pleaser because I have my own focus yeah. and I'm not focusing on everybody else. Now I'm focusing on what I'm doing and my mission. And then also what it's done is it's created this opportunity, many opportunities for me to say no to things that do not serve what I'm doing and what my purpose is. It's given me all these challenges thrown at me that I get an opportunity to decide how am I going to handle each of those situations. And so there's been a lot of growth. And without that growth, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. So in the first seven years of my business, <clears throat> which you know we can talk a little bit about that too, but the first seven years of my business, I only made a certain dollar amount. And since I've decided to focus on the one thing, I five X my income in one year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because I'm not doing a whole bunch of things that I should not be doing. Right. It's, um, you know, Les Hewitt in his book, The Power of Focus, right? He talks about, um, you know, removing distractions um, and, you know, creating this container where you have more focus. And a lot of it is around, you know, things like unfinished business and, you know, having clutter around. I mean, when we are uncertain, um, it's almost like the energy is, is uh, scattered. And I know this from being in that place at various times in my life too. And then all kinds of people show up and sort of try to get through the cracks because there are cracks there. Um, yet when you have that rock solid focus and you're clear, it just makes it so much easier when you're approached for something to say, mm, no, it doesn't fit. Mm, no, that doesn't fit either. Um, and just being aware, very self-aware of when an opportunity is presented. I mean, I like to look at things as they come up and say, okay, if the universe presents it three times, okay, I'm going for it. Um, because sometimes uh, when you see opportunity everywhere, as I do, 
um, it could very easily be, you know, the shiny object syndrome and, you know, you're going down all kinds of rabbit holes. So, so now I, I, I let the universe show me three times or I'll ask for a specific sign, you know, show me a pink elephant if that's going to be the choice that I need to make. And it yeah. just, it just makes life so much easier because you can articulate who you are and what you're up to in the world so much more easily. You're not wavering, you're not stumbling, you're not choking up on your words. You have a very clear, succinct message. I mean, five words, right? Women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish. That's that's my my jam. And when you have that focus, people feel it, they taste it, they they the energy is uh, really embodied, and people know that they can count on you because that is what you do. That's who you are, and you are showing up as your your true self. Yeah. Um, when you when you settled for you said you looked at seven, you know, you looked for seven years for the right thing. And prior to that, you'd had like, I don't know, something like 46 different jobs. So 49, how, yeah. <laughs> 49. So how did you decide that this was it? How did you go about yeah, that? It's, it's been a journey for sure. You know, as, you know, as mentioned, I had 49 jobs, 36 years. I worked my way up the ladder. I ended up my last job I was working for a judge in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a big deal. I was working for the number two judge in the entire circuit. So I worked my way up that ladder and I worked hard for that, you know, making my way. And, and again, coming from my ex-husband who said, you're stupid and ignorant to doing all these things. Here's the thing is that when we have these beliefs from other people that we're carrying around with us into our lives, and I still believe this, that I was stupid and ignorant all those years later, even though I was working for a judge in the court of appeals and I was making pretty darn good money doing that. And I I still believe that I was stupid and ignorant. So I had a lot of growth I needed to uh, go through. So one day I was driving to my job uh, and it's like you're driving for 36 years to downtown San Diego. I'm in San Diego, California, driving down there. I stuck in that traffic every single day. This day, something was different, kind of like when I was five and something was different. And I Mm -hmm. said, I'm not doing this anymore. And and so as I was driving to work that day, I just started going through this and I was filled with anger. And I said, "I, I don't understand. Like, why am I here? What is this planet all about? It doesn't make any sense. I have no purpose. I have no value. I'm so stupid and ignorant. Like, why do I stay on this job? I hate it. I hate it. And then I was like, why am I here? why is this planet here? And then when I got to work that day, I saw a Facebook post and it was that, that was the pink elephant I needed. And that was the, the post said, I'm a life coach. I took some time off. I'm getting back into it. And I'm looking for five women who want to change their lives. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know what a life coach was, but I knew one thing. I wanted to change my life. <laughs> Those were the words she spoke that I needed to hear in that moment. And so I raised my hand and I reached out to her and I ended up working with her for five months. Those five months were like, there was nothing quite like it that I had ever experienced in my life. I was around somebody who believed in me. Just saying that right now, it made me a little bit emotional, remembering that this was somebody who believed in me. Now, here's the thing. My husband, who I've been with now for 34 years, he believed in me all those years. My husband that I've been with for 34 years now, he used to tell me how smart and confident I am, how brilliant I am. He would brag about me to his friends, but I never heard any of that. Because when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. This student 
wasn't ready until I met my life coach. Mm -hmm. She was the teacher I needed to appear in order to start to believe in myself, in order to start to believe what my husband had been telling me for decades. The damage that was done those first five years of life, the damage that was done from my first husband was so deep rooted inside of me that I didn't believe in myself at all, at all. And so it took somebody who entered my life that I said, I'm going to take action and work with. And I did that and worked with her for those five months. So many things happened in those five months that I got addicted to something different because I have an addictive personality and the addiction I got addicted to was positivity. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm addicted to change. I'm addicted to positivity. So after I was done working with her, I realized that I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep growing. And I re- and I woke up on January 1st, 2015 and said to myself, I have so many fears. I'm going to break through one fear every day this year. Woo-hoo! And yeah, that was amazing. Again, I made a decision. I made a declaration. I made a decision, but then I had to take the action, which I did do 365 days in a row. The action looked like this before I woke up. I mean, before I got out of bed, I I had to be awake, but before I got out of bed, first thing I did every single day for 365 days in a row is I asked myself a question because you mentioned questions and questions are so powerful. And that question was, what scares me? And then I would just lay in bed and I would wait until the first fear popped into my head. Sometimes it was instant as if I was dreaming about it all night long, anticipating the question was going to come up. And other times it took 10 or 15 minutes, but I waited and I waited for that answer because I knew that I wanted to keep growing and I knew I wanted my life to be different. So whenever those answers came, that was the commitment to myself was to break through that fear that day. Beautiful. And I I get often asked because I deal in you know, confidence, right? Confident conversations in particular. That's, you know, that's uh, what my book is all about. You know, 40 different words and word concepts to help women elevate um, their conversations so they have more powerful conversations, less hesitation, more articulate language to ask for what they want and get it, not in a forceful way, but in a firm and assertive way. Um, So that declaration part is particularly powerful so ladies you know once you make the decision to make the change don't keep it to yourself because the universe has um people all around you that if you just asked or just let them know what it is you're trying to accomplish that the people that you need will show up the resources that you need will show up as soon as you mm-hmm. take the action um confidence though i believe is born through surviving something that we didn't ever think we could do and surprising ourselves in particular so yeah resilience i mean i think a lot of people who um you know see my son and some of the things that he's been up to in the world raising money for operation smile through his paintings um you know they look and they say wow you know that must have taken a lot of resilience well yeah, it does, <laughs> you know, because you never know when you're going to have a, you know, there's going to be a seizure or, you know, something might not be a grand mal seizure, but just the way that um, 
that Alex is, you don't look at him and say, oh, well, he's a uh, special needs, he's in you know, a cerebral palsy or something that is physically evident, he's not in a wheelchair, and yet he's different, very smart and negotiating, but he's different. So that resilience has developed over the years by trying different things and sometimes floundering and sometimes thriving. But when you thrive through it, that's when you realize, wow, you know, I never realized I was capable of that. Right. We hear the stories of, you know, the grandma who lifted the car off her grandson um, and didn't you know, know that she had that strength to be able to lift a car when we're super motivated. And very often it is by helping other people. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to fall into people pleasing to be an honorable service. But when we know that we're doing something for others, it just has that, you know, like Viktor Frankl, right, with his work, you know, three of his um, big ahas, one of those being that, you know, when you're in a concentration camp and you have a lot of time on your hands, you know, what is the meaning of life? Well, it's, uh, it is about creating something that's greater than ourselves. And you're doing that through the Action Takers Publishing. So tell me a little bit, I'm sure that there are people listening that are saying, well, I could never write a book or I've thought about it, but I don't know how to get started. So talk a little bit about what services you offer and how does that work from, um, from the anthology perspective, perhaps, because a lot of people don't, you know, they might be intimidated by thinking about writing a whole book, but they could probably write a chapter or a segment. Yes, exactly. And, and I love how you mentioned that, you know, I, I could never write a book because I was never a reader, never interested in it at all. And I was never a writer. Hmm. And I spent decades, you know, because I'm stupid and ignorant, right? You know, my whole life, I'm thinking I'm stupid and ignorant. And I spent decades saying, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. And I had no interest in it. And uh, uh, something unfolded. So in 2015 was the year that I was breaking through those fears every single day. Mm-hmm. many, many opportunities showed themselves to me that year because I was open to breaking through fears. Mm-hmm. I was open to growing. I like to call it enlarging the size of my comfort zone. I was open to that and I was welcoming that. I mean, I was looking for that. I was looking to break through fears so I could change my life. And I ended up meeting somebody during that year who was putting together a collaboration. I like to call them collaboration books because it's about the collaboration more mm-hmm. than like the, the word anthology, but mm-hmm. uh, they were putting together a collaboration book, and it was called Footsteps of the Fearless. And mm-hmm. I'm breaking through a fear every day that year. So I was a perfect fit for the book, and they yeah. invited me to be in the book, and and I did it. I was scared to do it, but I did it because I was scared. And that was, I didn't know at the time, but that was the first door that opened into this world of starting to believe in myself and being able to write. Mm. That was the first step, but I needed to take the step. Yeah. And I did, I took that step through that door. And then after I broke through those fears, you know, every day that year, my mentor you know, said, you need to write a book about it. You know, who, who breaks through a fear every day you know, for a year, people need to read your story and they, you're going to help other people. And I was like, nobody wants to read my story. Like, yes, it's they not do. important. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing, right? Cause see, there's, again, there's my belief. My belief was that who wants to hear my story. So here's what I did is I sat down. For a year and a half, starting my story, writing it, starting it, starting it, starting it. I never finished it. And the the reason, because I didn't know how to finish it. Mm -hmm. That was the piece of the puzzle that I didn't realize I was missing. 
So a year and a half later, I, I started it, started it. I was really good at knowing what the beginning of my story was, <laughs> but I didn't know how to finish it. I ended up meeting after a year and a half, I met a book coach and she sat with me for, I think like a half hour. She gave me a framework and she said, this is what you need to do to finish your book. And I took that framework. So what I needed was a, I needed a, a technique, something that I could use to right. know how to finish it. And I took that framework and I started again and I finished it in a week. I wrote right. my book in a week because now I had a framework to go by. So this is yeah. what we teach our clients is how to take that framework to get your story on paper. Right. And then after that, I wrote that book. It was called the year of fears and I published it myself, did it on Amazon. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew what I wanted and that I wanted my book to get out there. And so I did it. I took the steps to do that. After that, this is where things started to change because I published my own book. It was scary to put it out there, by the way. It was very scary. My words are out there. People are going to judge me. And so that was scary, but I did it. Yep. After that, I said, wow, I was in a book. I wrote a book. And then I asked myself a question. I asked myself a lot of questions. And that question was, what's my next natural state of progression. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start putting together my own collaboration books, just like my mentor. I'm going to follow in my mentor's footsteps. Right. And so I did that. I put together the first book. I reached out to a couple people. I know the founder of Ugg Boots is a friend of mine and oh. the creator of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I know it's like, these are people who I've met during this journey, you know, yeah, yeah. and, um, the inventor of the credit card magnetic strip, like the strip that we use on our credit cards every day, the inventor, yeah. like he's a friend of mine too, which I thought that to me is like the most fascinating that, that he created something that's used worldwide. But yeah. I reached out to all three of them and I said, I'm thinking of writing a book called Momentum. Will you be in it? And every single one of them said, yes, of course. Just tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Brian Smith is amazing with Ugg and yeah. his story. Yeah. He's a sweetie. I met him too. Yeah, just, they're all amazing. And, and it was, again, them saying yes to me. First of all, I asked, which was a challenge for a challenge for a lot of people is to ask, but then they said yes. And then I was like, oh crap, now I got to do it because I'm committed to them. <laughs> so I did something oh, not, not knowing. Amazing. It's follow through and commitment. Right? Yes, exactly. And, and if I hadn't committed, here's the thing is if I hadn't committed to them, I don't know why I reached out to them first. Why did I do that? A lot of people would have put together and then, then reached out and said, I've got this book. Will you be part of it? But no, they were the first people I reached out to. And so now I had to do it because I was committed to them. So it was a smart move that I didn't know was being smart at the time mm -hmm. and put that book together and, and published it. I didn't make any money. I lost money actually on that book, but I did it and I did it. And then after that was done, I was like, that was fun. I'm going to do this again. And how can so I, I did, make money this time? <laughs> well, I still wasn't in the money, money mode. I, yeah. I was still living in fun mode. So I did, I did two more again. I didn't make money on those two either, but I was having a blast bringing the people together. I'm a community builder. This is why the anthology books or the collaboration books are so big for me because I am a community builder. And now I get to build ecosystems in one book at a time, but I also have my grand ecosystem, which is of all of our authors from all of our books. We, we have um, opportunities for them to meet each other and meet and greets. We do masterminds 
And for me, it's about way more. The book is just a piece of it's, it's a conduit. It's about way more than that. It's about the community that's being built. It's about getting your story out there. And I want to share one last thing about this. Like, this is why this is so important. And this is why I do what I do. I spent the first 51 years of my life not knowing who I was, thinking I was stupid. Baby sits in a corner. Like my, my mom did put baby in the corner, eating cookies, stifling my voice, seen but not heard. That was my life for 51 years. So once I started sharing my voice and started sharing my story, this is when I healed, first of all, healing through that for me, but also it inspired and motivated other people to take Uh actions. And I noticed that in the telling of our stories, that this is the power we have. You mentioned the pinky finger, like we heard that story loud and clear. And so when we share our stories, we have the opportunity to heal others as well. And so this is why it's important for me to help other people to share their stories. I believe I went through those fears every single day for a year. I didn't know at the time, but that was helping me to learn how to help others to break through their fears of getting their story out there. It was necessary Mm. for me to go through all of those losses I went through for seven years in order for me to get to the place that I am today, that I'm able to help them to share their story, help them to break through their fears, you know, to help me to grow this, this you know, behemoth of a company, which is what I'm doing. You know, our mission is to empower 5 million women and men to share their stories, to make a greater impact on the planet. And we do this through books. That's the conduit that we use in order to fulfill my mission. This is why I am here on this planet. I know my purpose. And this is why I can remain focused now for the first time in my life. I have squirrel Yay! syndrome, big Yay! time. <laughs> well, when I come back. The, the power of story, I know, is something that, you know, from you know, our indigenous roots and culture, I mean, they've known this for years and years and years. And, you know, I, I, I remember sharing one story in particular. And then years later, somebody um, who became a client um, recited it back to me. I was like, whoa. I was like, never realized that people were actually listening that closely and remembering some of the essence of, of the points I was making because of the story. Um, the reason that, that my book came about, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, was a story, right? I mean, I, you talked about growing up for yourself. I had a um, not similar story, but I had um, also experienced, you know, growing up in a dysfunctional household. My dad came back from the war with PTSD, uh, getting a bullet in Dunkirk. And my mom, who was originally a professional woman who married late in life, became a stay-at-home mom, lost her power because she didn't have her own money and she didn't have her own freedom. Um, he took the car keys, even though she taught him to drive and wouldn't let her drive the car. Um, and it kept her on this very meager housekeeping money that she would sit for hours on a Friday night trying to figure out how she was going to make those <laughs> that money stretch for the groceries she needed for a family of four. Um, and he was just a very angry, angry man who criticized us all the time. And I watched him literally drain the dignity right out of her. And then at age 11, I mean, he'd been critical all, you know, all of my life up until then. When I flunked an exam by two marks, he screamed at me that, you know, you 
failed. You will never, ever be successful in life. And he shredded the envelope with the results and walked out, right? Eyes black, red face. And I was so stunned because I was just about to go into high school. I ended up losing my voice. And then people thought I was a, a snooty snob because I didn't speak up. I didn't say anything. And so, you know, years, years later, years later of self-development and growth coaching, you know, a lot of the things that you've mentioned that really move the needle, um, realizing that I had put up this emotional shield to keep myself from being hurt. In fact, what I was doing was keeping myself small behind the shield and it was time to come out and play bigger. And so I dedicated my book to my first what I call unmentor, my mom, who showed me what not to do. (laughs) And um, just, you know, identified 40 different words and word concepts that I know if women can make a shift around that they will have such Um, higher positivity and confidence in themselves when they see the results of shifting one or two words or asking for things in a different way and they actually receive them and people respect them and they actually get what they want it blows their minds and it's sometimes a shift of one word or not pausing in the middle of a sentence because inherently you're thinking someone's going to object to something or jump in no just keep talking don't pause because you create an opening for someone to jump in and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy then so I'd like to share something on that Yvonne share something on that that was so pivotal in my life and it helped me to start to see things um, differently is um, I was so here I was that person um, you know seen but not heard and and I never raised my hand to answer any questions because I didn't want anybody to know how stupid and ignorant I was right? Mm. And that was my belief. And I was sitting in a conference room. It was like when I first started entrepreneurship and I was sitting in this conference room, there were about 12 of us, all women in this conference room. And it was a marketing workshop that I was attending because I wanted to learn about business. And so I'm sitting there and the, the person putting on the event asked a question for the first time in my life, I actually raised my hand and I stood up Nobody else was standing up, but it's like, I needed to go through these motions. I stood up and I answered the question. I don't remember what the question was. And I don't remember what the answer was, but what happened next is what I do remember is I sat down. I was shaking like a leaf. I actually said something out loud. And the two women sitting next to me said, that was brilliant. The word brilliant they used. That was brilliant. Will you repeat it? I want to write it down. So that second, after I repeated that, I looked up into the lighting fixture above me and I said, like I was yelling in my head, yelling in my head that, oh my God, I have value. From this moment forward, I will share my voice every opportunity I get. Those women, they didn't know what they did for me in that moment, but they're the ones who helped me to learn to share my voice and to share my voice every opportunity, no matter how scared I am. That was huge catalyst. And what I learned in that also is that my ex-husband was wrong, that I am brilliant. Yeah. And then I started seeing myself. I have this saying, I'll I'll share this quote, is that see yourself through the eyes of others for others see the real you. Mm. And of course, these are just the positive people, not the negative. Yeah. And so I started when people would compliment me instead of, you know, deflecting. I would start saying, thank you. And then I would say to myself, 
I am smart. I am brave. That whatever they were saying, I yeah. am confident. I adopted their beliefs in me to be my own. Just like I adopted my husband's belief in me to be my own. I yeah. now started adopting positive people's beliefs in me to be my own. And so now I actually believe those things about myself. So it's been a huge shift. And I'm so glad those two women, I'm glad I stood up and I raised my hand. And I'm glad that those two women said something and I heard them loud and clear. Right. It sounds like a, you know, one of those universal two by four moments, right? We don't yes, know exactly where it came from, but um, we're seen as ready. And so we're, you know, we're tapped right on the shoulder for yes. something bigger. So great insights shared today. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to get on the show together, Linda, um, yes. so that, um, you know, coaching is a powerful way to uh, uncover things that you can't even see, you know, the blind spots. That's the, the power of working with a coach. The power of working with uh, Action Takers Publishing is to get your message out to the world, even if you didn't think it was possible, because Linda has a process and a structure to build community, make this a collaboration project that cannot be anything other than successful, because she's she's only done it oh, 21 odd times now. So um, you brought something with you. I love offering a free gift for our listeners. Um, so downloading a free copy of one of your, is it an ebook? Which book is it? Download a free copy of Do It, Delegate It or Dump It. Yeah, this is Overwhelm. Is that the one that we want to gift to the listeners? Yes, let, let's gift them two things, Yvonne. Let's gift them The Year of Fears. My, my book, my solo book uh, is at theyearoffears.com. Let's gift them that because we mentioned that earlier, but the uh-huh. do it, delegate it or dump it is a process that I realized that I, you know, a lot of us go into overwhelm and this is a document that helps you to, to work through the overwhelm. But not only that, it's really geared toward businesses because it's not just a, like a writing down a to-do list and dumping things out of your brain. It's a, it's way more than that. This is a, this process that I created helps you to get focus on money in your business. Because a lot of times we're doing things that, you know, we like only I can do, but it's not generating any revenue. So the focus is on like, how can you make money in your business? So it's called do it, delegate it or dump it. And I think you have a link to that. So we'll go ahead and, and, and if you don't, I will get one for you. Um, I do have a link to it. So um, what I would suggest is reach out to me through Facebook or LinkedIn personally, Yvonne E.L. Silver. Um, my website is YvonneSilver.com, Y-V-O-N-N-E-S-I-L-V-E-R, YvonneSilver.com. And I will put a link in for that. Um, and then also just be aware that Linda, with all of the power of putting books together, also has a GPT chat course. So I ran across this when I was looking on her website. I also have a way that you can access that. So please do reach out, keep in touch, reach out to me through Facebook or Messenger, and I'll get you that link. And I just want to thank you today, Linda, for sharing such powerful insights and and positive messaging. When you go through 365 days of things you're afraid of, and you surpass that, it's amazing what can be accomplished with a powerful mind and a commitment to personal growth and self-development and living full out, which you clearly do. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful.
You're welcome. So tune in to the next Words, Women and Wisdom radio show coming up in a couple of weeks for more insightful stories from women who have risen from tragedy to triumph and are now showcasing their their abilities and their work through collaborative projects, social enterprise missions and powerful work. Stay tuned and we will talk to you soon. Bye for now, everybody. Bye, Linda. Bye. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, The New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. 
I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset, and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.